We were at our desk when we got word that a coworker had a heart attack and passed away at her desk. We then started counting the number of workers being taken out by EMT every day. Little did I know that I would be included in that number one day. Trigger warning. I will be discussing suicide and suicidal thoughts. I have no alphabets after my name. I'm just an old lady living with a mental illness. These are my experiences. You have tuned into Breaking the Mask of Depression with your host, Diva with Depression. Hey guys, Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Mine was up and down, but I had my baby, so that's all that matters. My break was a little bit longer because I have the dreaded stupid flu. And <clears throat> so excuse me if I cough a little during the show. Um, but I don't, I don't know what the heck kind of flu this is. But I heard that there's two strains of the flu and there's another strain of COVID and RSV and all sorts of crap floating around. So I hope that you guys are staying safe. I hope that you guys are staying well. I was even at the hospital for an appointment last week, and they've gone back to instituting a mask. Um, you have to wear a mask in the hospital. There are no children under 12 allowed. So <clears throat> I really, really hope that you all take the necessary precautions because whatever's going around is really, really bringing some of us down. The blurb that you heard is my real story. I worked for Hell Inc. And that is H-E-L-L-L capital. <laughs> it was so bad that I never ever say the name unless I really, really have to. And that's really like if somebody, you know, if I'm somewhere doing business or, you know, something, somebody asked me the name of the company, the last company that I worked for, that's the only way I'll say the name. I even get anxiety when I have to drive by the place. That's how bad it was. Um, I'll give you all the, the blah, blah, blah disclaimer that everybody's supposed to give. You know, this is my experience. This is what I went through. And during my 20 years at this company, um, and these are the things that I witnessed. So blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. <laughs> The place was really fucked up, y'all. I mean, I can't. There's no other way to put it. Um, you know, the conditions, you know, were horrible. And I started in another state, at the company in another state, and, you know, experienced some things there. And then when I relocated, I thought that it may get a little bit better, but it got worse. And you guys know my story, you know. I, um, my descent into hell started, started, um, the deep descent, I should say, because my breakdown started, um, much sooner than my actual breakdown. Um, but, but the deep, dark decline that I live in today started on the job. So 
today i i really want to discuss we have to have the discussion and and i know that a lot of people have done think pieces and articles and podcasts talking about the struggles that black women face and you know you either have people talking about black women in relationships and in the way that they're struggling there and black women in domestic violence black men women in corporate America, and not even just corporate America, at work period, you know, black women just walking down the damn street, <laughs> you know, it seems to be that um, we are always fighting, we are always struggling, and we are always either losing our minds, losing our health, losing our lives, all three. And so, you know, the next story that I'm going to share with you, I did not speak on it when it initially happened because, number one, I was a little triggered when it first happened. And number two, I wanted to make sure that I told this story and I told my story with the utmost respect because this queen deserved my respect and she deserved more respect than she was given. Um, and I know that you guys have seen the article on Dr. Candia Bailey, Dr. Antoinette Candia Bailey, and she was the Vice President of Student Affairs at Lincoln University in Missouri. On January 8th, 2024, she went on to find her peace among the angels. And she did it by her own hands. And when I first saw the headline, I, my breath started, I started breathing, you know, kind of shallow, um, because number one, I was struck how gorgeous, by how gorgeous she is. Oh my gosh. And, and so the picture is the first thing that popped up and, you know, I was expecting to read, you know, about her accomplishments. And then I saw the tagline under and I was, my heart broke because, you know, she didn't deserve to um, lose her life that way on those terms. Uh, she was not treated with the respect that she was due. Uh, this was a brilliant woman. This was a woman who has accomplished so many amazing things in her life. I mean, uh, a doctor, a VP, you know, at a major HBCU. Um, and, and that was just one of the accomplishments. If you go and you read her bio, you will see that she was um, a, a, just an amazing asset to the black community. Um, and, you know, as with some other losses that we have faced in, you know, in the public eye, uh, and, and just, and that's just in the past year, you know, we've, we've lost some people, but it seems to, the suicide rate among black women and, and black men also, but I can only tell my story as a black woman, um, it, it's, the rates are high. And I know that I share that with you guys all the time because I want you to understand that, yes, you know, diabetes is, is 
the numbers are high. Uh, heart conditions, the numbers are on the rise. But suicide is uh, a major me mental illness as a whole is a major problem in our communities. And when we see that there are so many people, men, women, and children, and yes, children, um, are choosing to take their lives because they are in pain and they, because they cannot find any peace here on earth, then we have a, we, we have a problem that we need to discuss. And the reason why I decided to share Dr. Kedia Bailey's story is because it's so similar to mine and millions of Black women around the world. These spaces that we have to go to work in every single day, oh boy, people have no idea how traumatizing it could be to go to a place every single day where people of another race make it their business. They make it their mission to break you. They will bully you. They will harass you. They will, you know, <laughs> give, you know, false information to make it look like you're not doing your job. You can have so many credits behind your name. You can have every degree, you know, known to man, and it doesn't matter. There will be someone of another race in a position of power that will do their best to break you down just because of the color of your skin or just because of the color of your skin and your gender. And I read that Dr. John Mosley, who is the university president in Lincoln University, yes, uh, Caucasian man, <laughs> the president of uh, HBCU, and he is the reason that Dr. Candia Bailey got to the point where she did not know what to do, that she was in so much pain and she was hurting so much. And it, everybody now wants to talk like they didn't know what was going on. And you know, at first, when you first read the first story, it's like, okay, well, maybe nobody knew what she was going through, you know. Um, but, of course, you know, once I looked it up, this man was bullying her and harassing her. And there are letters that she wrote. Um, and she even spoke to him, uh, wrote to him and let him know that. He was causing enough harm and mental damage to her. And obviously he didn't care. You know, um, her friends, you know, share that you can tell that she wasn't herself. And let's, let's put this into perspective. She became the vice president of student affairs May 1st, 2023. And she passed on on January 8th, 2024. What is that? Six or seven months? Six or seven months. And this is the amount of damage that 
he did in just that short amount of time. And her friends said that, that they noticed that there was a change in her. They were not, they couldn't put their finger on what it was, but they do know that her changes be started once she took on this position. And so I'm going to start, you know, just little by little and, and share both of our stories along the way. And so I'm reading from an article, um, that I found on Google about um, portions of what went on. And <clears throat> part, one of the, the, one of the first things that was um, used against her is that it seems that her um, FMLA, which we're all, you know, pri privy to, which we've all earned once we start, um, you know, working, you know, these, this is part of one of some of our benefits, but it says that her, her relationship with Mosley went downhill due to her severe depression and anxiety. And when she made, when she did complain about how she was treated to the board and the board president, and they basically just didn't give a fuck. You know, like, that's not our business. And um, I'm going to switch to me for a moment. The first time that I went to the doctor um, to let her know that, and you guys have heard me tell the story, the first time that I went to the doctor to let her know, tell her that I, I don't know what's going on with me, but I, I felt myself deteriorating. And, you know, we went through different tests or, you know, trying to figure out what it was, I, I vertigo or... You know, because I was losing, getting lost going to work. I was disorientated a lot of time. It was just disoriented a lot, a lot of time. Um, and so she took me out for a week or two. And then I went back and I started declining again. I, I just continuing to decline. And I went to her one day and she, for some reason, she either looked at my chart, a page of my chart, or she asked me where I worked. And when I told her, she paused and she turned and she looked at me and she said, you should have told me that from the beginning. And I would have known exactly what direction to go in. Do you know how many of you are my patients? Do you know how many of you cross these doors? Do you know how many of you are struggling right now? You should have told me that. And she says, and it's my, she said, it's not her fault too. She didn't pay attention because, you know, I have, I had other issues, you know, of course you're going through perimenopause, I was going through menopause, pre-menopause. Um, I had just relocated. So I, of course, depression and, um, single mom in a two parent house. So I'm running with kids all the time or whatever. So she was coming at from it, coming at it from that angle. And, um, y'all, she sat down with me for about 10 to 15 minutes and that, that wasn't abnormal. Um, and she's like, I need, she says, I have, I want to know what's going on in that place. So many of you are breaking down, like, so many of you are sick. What is going on? And she said that her and the doctors discussed it, you know? Um, and so I learned early on in my career <laughs> that human resources is not, is not for us. 
human resources works for the company. And so when you go to human resources to complain about someone that you're working with, um, they're going to find the way, a way to do what's best for the company. And so if I'm complaining about a higher up that is abusing me and bullying me, if that person is high ranking and contributes to the, the figures and brings in the money, who, who cares what, what's going on with me? Because, you know, I'm just a lonely person. Um, I also learned that things that you share in HR are not private. Um, they do go back to the people that you are talking to. Um, and you, you can be penalized for it. And so when she discovered what was going on, she did sign me out for a longer period of time and, you know, started me on the, the with therapy, intense therapy. And, um, of course, at that time I w- it was private, but once you out for an extended period of time, then they have to report to your manager and let them know what's going on. And so back and forth, back and forth. In any case, when I was, um, confronted by my manager about what was going on. He laughed at, he laughed. Um, I'm the type of person when I get angry, I cry. It's not because I'm weak. It's just that I get so fired up that I cry. And I went into the office. I was called into the office um, because of the way that I was being treated. Um, They were trying to push me out. And so they were giving me like bullshit work and you know, asking me to do things that there was just no way it could be done properly. And so <clears throat> the subject of me being sick came up. Well, you're out so much and blah, blah, blah. And he and the other person that was there sort of smirked and laughed at the fact that I, I was out because of a mental illness. And so, you know, when I read the that Dr. Candia Bailey had complained to her boss that she had taken the necessary steps to go to the board. And, you know, she was doing the right thing. She was going through the chain and making sure that she covered everything and nobody cared. It was, it was, it didn't mean anything to them because you have the president of the university and I'm sure he's bringing in the dollars, you know, and he's saying all the right things. So, who are you going to believe this black woman, no matter how decorated and amazing she was, or are you going to believe the the money maker? And then you have she went to the board and they said that, you know, they don't get involved in personal issues for the university and they're not going to take any action. Really? Really? In the letter, she wrote that she was intentionally harassed and bullied. And after she received a poor evaluation, because go back to what I said, they will do anything to make you look bad. Um, if you want to go <laughs> sidebar, an, a recording came out today of uh, a principal talking about a black teacher in his office, in his school. And he was saying that he was sick and tired of him. And he has to find something. That, he has to get something on him, like find some way to you know, get some dirt on him so he can get rid of him. Do you see how they think? 
So she asked him for help. She, Dr. Kendia Bailey asked Mosley for help and he ignored her. He didn't respond to her emails. And when she confronted him face to face, he danced and ignored her again. So, you know, it, it's a shame that we're, it's 2024 now and that we still have to have this conversation. You know, um, the blurb that I shared with you prior to the episode, my coworker did pass away at her desk. She did. And one of the most, the brightest lights in the world. And then we would also stand, they had a rotunda and we would stand there and every day, at least every other day, we're watching EMTs push someone out of the, have a strip, you know, take someone out on a stretcher. That's how bad it was. I mean, it was just a common occurrence. You could be going to lunch and ambulance is outside because that's how severe the problem was at Hell Inc. And did, did they not pay attention? <laughs> you know, like, it's not like we were keeping quiet. It's not like you can't see what's going on. HR knew what was going on. I, I was so, I was so pissed off at the coworker, at the worker's funeral. HR showed up. People from HR showed up. What are you doing here? That, that's a slap in the face to her family because you did not help her. She asked for help. Obviously, you guys know about the conditions that exist at this company and nobody's doing anything. You know, what a slap in the face. Um, but even after you go through all the channels, you know, I, I remember um, in the first department that I was in, in the company, you know, of course, you have people that are in charge and, you know, they want to. I was young when I started. And so everyone wants to treat you like a child. And so not only are you young, but you're a young black girl. And so they think that, you know, they can get away with the racism and the corporate bullying. Um, and I, I would stick up for myself to some extent. You know, like you're not going to just talk to me any kind of way. You're not going to treat me any kind of way. Like I come in here and I do my job. I do a damn good job. You know, um, that I shouldn't be treated this way. And so, you know, you do try your best to go through the different channels and it, it, it breaks you when you just keep trying to fight, fight and fight and you're not getting anywhere. And eventually I went to another department, you know, thinking that it would get better. Um, but it didn't. It didn't. Um, I can't tell you how many tearful battles I had trying to defend myself, um, defend my right to be treated properly, to be paid fairly, um, to be recognized. You know, you want to be recognized for the hard work that you do. You know, um, It's just, you know, I, I remember going into another manager's office in my second job and trying to explain, you know, what was going on and they just couldn't grasp it. Like, 
Like it means nothing to them. It really means nothing to them. And, you know, we have to get up every single day. I I had kids, you know, I'm tending, I'm, I'm being a mom, I'm being a partner. I, I have to come in here and put on my good face. You know, if I may have things going on at home, I have to come in here and be put a, try to put up a good front and do my job and be professional. And it means nothing, you know. Or you, you're doing the same job as, you know, your coworker who's on the same level as you, um, but a different color. And they get accolades all the time. They get promotions all the time. They get raises all the time. You're doing the same work. And, and I'm going to tell you nine times out of ten, I'm doing it better than them. And still don't get the compensation or the recognition. Um. Um, this is a letter that Dr. Kendia Bailey shared with Dr. Uh, with Dr. Mosley. You intentionally harassed and bullied me and got satisfaction from sitting back to determine how you would ensure I failed as an employee and proud alumna. Okay? So he can't say that he didn't know. He was plotting her downfall intentionally harassed and bullied me. And that is something that I know that I said to my manager before I got sicker. You are doing nothing to make sure that I, number one, get the help that I need and deserve. And number two, to make my job, help me enjoy my job. You know what I'm saying? Give me give me a reason to come into work. Um, let me show what what my skills are. Make me feel like a human being. You're not doing that. And it was I'm not the funny thing that not the funny thing is, is that I it was my myself, a black woman and a Spanish man, gentleman. And they were doing the same thing to both of us. Trying to get rid of us. And when I read this, you intentionally harassed and bullied me and got satisfaction from sitting back to determine how you would ensure I failed as an employee and proud alumna. Could you imagine that you have to live like this? And I'm reading, I'm reading what her friends have said, her family has said, and this was a person who was always happy, always positive, always upbeat, always doing the best for everyone. And her friend said the last time she saw her, she was, uh, Dr. Candia Bailey admitted that she was depressed, but she said that she wasn't going to let the job kill her. And look where we are. We are now having to celebrate her life because she's not here anymore. All because she is a black woman, an accomplished black woman, a beautiful black woman. And because, and I'm going to say it out loud, that man ain't deserved to be at an HBCU anyway. 
He was in her space. Her space. Because not only was she an alumni, but she was a black woman at an HBCU. He was on her turf. He had no right. He had no right to do that to her. He absolutely had no right. I got up one morning. I took my kids to where they had to go. School, babysitter, daycare. Um, and I came to work. And, and went on my way to work. And I, I remember, I don't remember much about that day, but I do remember that I didn't do my hair. My clothes were wrinkled. I remember that. And I remember it mainly because that was every day. I did not give a shit. I did not care about how I looked. I did not care about what I wore. I just, hey, I didn't, I didn't care. I, I didn't have the energy to care. I just had to function. And I don't remember much else about that day. They said that I kept passing out at my desk, um, that I kept um, uh, talking gibberish. Um, one of my coworkers said that I went into her cubicle to say something to her, but everything that I said didn't make sense. And then I got up to walk and I passed out. And that was when my another coworker called my husband, who also worked at the company, and told him that he needed to come get me and take me to the hospital. And the next day, I was sent to the inpatient unit because of a psychotic break. And just like Dr. Candia Bailey, this was shortly after I went to my manager and I explained to him what was going on and he laughed in my face. I was, I, he was trying his best to get rid of me. He was trying to get rid of, best to get rid of my Spanish coworker. And then I was, I sat at his desk one day. I was sitting, my cubicle was outside his office and I hear him talking freely with the door open about trying to take down another black man at the company. What he didn't know is that man was one of my friends. But I hear him lying on the van. And I knew that he was lying. And the only way that my friend was able to head him off at the pass was because I heard what he said. Other than that, he would have been blindsided and fired or reprimanded because of the lies that my manager told. They don't give a shit about us, y'all. They do not care. They do not care about us. And 
you know, you can have the argument about we need to make our own, create our own spaces. Well, an HBCU is our own space. And Dr. Mosley was allowed to come into our space and take one of our own. And you want to hear some shit? He's on paid administrative leave right now while they investigate the situation. He's being paid. She's not fucking here anymore. And he's being paid to sit home while they investigate. Isn't that something? She's not here anymore. And and we want to hear how the media spins things. They said, oh, he voluntarily decided to take a leave while he's being investigated. No, he didn't voluntarily. The students and the admin on the campus uh, at the university decided to protest. They have started um, a petition to get him fired. And now all of a sudden, he voluntarily stepped down. Isn't that something? And then the board that said that, uh, let me read it word for word. Please be advised the board of curators does not engage in the management of personnel issues for Lincoln University and will not be taking further action related to this issue. Guess what the statement is now. As a board, we are committed to make certain the mental health of Lincoln University employees is a priority and that every employee is always treated with dignity and respect. Isn't that rich? Isn't that rich? Just a few weeks ago, you said you didn't give a fuck and you're not stepping in. And now that we've lost the queen, all of a sudden, you're committed to the mental health of the employees. Hearing about that, Dr. Candia Bailey broke my heart and triggered my soul. Um, she joins a long line of sisters that are beaten down to the point of no return. As with me, everyone stood by and did nothing. The board, human resources, administration, none of the entities that are in place to help us, help us. I learned that the hard way. And then you wonder why people are afraid to take family medical, do the FL, FMLA or go to, um, what, what is it called? The employees EAP program. You can't trust it. You don't, you don't trust that they are going to do what's best for you. Because you see so many instances like this where people are doing the right thing and they're trying to go through the right channels to get help and they are penalized and they are ignored. And we just keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again. How many more bodies do we have to step over? Before something is done. How many times do we have to be shown that our spaces have to be reserved for us in order for us to maintain a sense of 
normalcy, a sense of security, a sense of balance, a sense of safety. There's no reason why this beautiful woman should not be here anymore. Dr. Antoinette Bonnie Candia Bailey should still be with us. And because of racism, because of discrimination, because of misogyny, because of plantation-minded white men, she is not here anymore. Because of plantation-minded white men, I go to therapy every week for PTSD and depression and anxiety. I take four medications a day. I can't drive on a certain side of town without sweating or getting panic attacks because of where my trauma began. Because of plantation-minded white men, my co-worker is no longer here because no one took the time to think about her health. They were only concerned with money. Something has to give. We are tired exhausted (laughs) you know people laugh at me because I say that all the time like I am completely exhausted we are so tired of burying our own we are so tired of being sick we're tired of being tired we're tired of fighting for what we deserve this story is it's just You don't want to say that you're numb to it, but you're numb to it. You're numb to it. Because it happens so often. And our queens and our kings are are leaving us. Because they can't take it anymore. Suicide is real, y'all. Suicidal thoughts are real, y'all. Suicidal ideation is real. And we have to start saying these things out loud. They are real. Your seven-year-old can be thinking about taking their life. Your partner, spouse, could be thinking every day about taking their life. I think about leaving this earth at least once a day at least because I'm tired fighting is exhausting I'm tired but I have to keep saying these things out loud We have to start having these conversations. We have to start encouraging each other to get help. You know, now you have a husband without his wife. 
You have a mother without her daughter. You have a doggy without his mommy. You have friends that have lost their sister. And you, do you know the amount of guilt that goes with that? You know, one of her friends says she feels so bad because she didn't recognize it. Listen, we know how to mask it up real good. <laughs> you know, that's why the name of my podcast is Breaking the Mask of Depression. Because we wear it well. We've had to for 400 years. We have to. Because of situations like this. We have to be 10 times better. We have to always be put together. We always have to be on. And some of us wear that fucking mask so well that the people closest to us don't even know how we're feeling. This is one of her sisters. I talk to my two sisters every single day and they have no idea. When I walk out the house, I, I, I laugh because I read the notes after I have a, a visit with my psychiatrist. And, you know, she's not disheveled. You know, she's, you know, because my psychiatrist, my psychologist told me one day, she said, the first thing that we have to um, pick up on is your appearance. And so if you don't come in here in wrinkled clothes or smelling or, you know, you, you, it's obvious that your hygiene is not being taken care of, then they think everything is fine. And if you go to every single doc note that my doc, my psychiatrist puts in, it says, you know, she's put together. Her hygiene seems to be on to intact. Her appearance is well. She has no idea. Because my mask is perfected. <laughs> and that is scary. And it is very dangerous. But it's what we do. And so Dr. Kadena Bailey. Her husband is going to live with the fact that he didn't know that his wife was suffering as much as she did. Her sisters, her sorority sisters, her best friends, her family members, her mother, they are going to live with the fact that they didn't know that she was in as much pain as she was in. And it all could have been prevented if the president of the university would have been a better man. If he would have treated her with dignity and respect like she deserves. And so we're going to celebrate her life. I know that everyone will celebrate her life. I am going to celebrate her life. And I didn't even know her because of all of the wonderful things that she has given to this world. And I'm also going to pray that her soul is at peace. But I'm not ashamed to say that I'm also hoping that he feels the wrath of what he's done and that plotting her downfall contributes to his downfall. And I'll say, you know, I'll ask God for forgiveness later, but this is murder. 
that may sound drastic to some, but it's murder. If you are constantly harassing someone and bullying someone and beating them down and they take their life, you've, you've contributed to murder as far as I'm concerned. Corporate America is murdering people on a daily basis. These institutions are murdering people on a daily basis. The government is murdering people on a daily basis. And we have to start getting help. We have to start saying the bad words out loud. And we have to start coming together to encourage each other to get help and support each other. We have to learn how to recognize the mass of our friends and our family members instead of ignoring or giving into the stigma that mental illness doesn't exist in the black and brown communities because that's bullshit. We have to start having the conversations. And so Dr. Antoinette, Bonnie, Candia, Bailey, I pray that you are resting among the angels. And I pray that God welcomes you with open arms. And I am hoping that her family can find some comfort because this is painful. This is painful. And so, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for coming back after my long break. <laughs> um, as always, I, I'm telling you that if you need help, if you need information, please reach out to me um, on social media, email, anyway. And I will do whatever I have to do to help you to get the resources that you need. Please do. I'm not a doctor, but I have experienced the hell that many millions of people are struggling in. And this is why I share my story. This is my life. And I know that Somebody probably in the next house <laughs> is in the same position as me. So we just have to keep sharing our stories and we have to start getting loud. I hope you guys take care of yourselves. Stay well, stay safe, try to stay healthy. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to give me feedback uh, if you if there's something that you'd like me to discuss, let me know. If you like, if there's a guest that would like to come on or you would like to see, let me know. I'm here for you. Take care and please find some peace. Realize that.